Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! And we're back. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And a couple of royal reminders as always. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating. Five stars, five stars, pretty please. And send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. I'm just speeding through this intro because I'm so excited to talk to you this week, Rachel. Me too, always. It's the bright spot of my week for sure. I also have really exciting news that I need to share with you. It's like head news, but I finished the Meghan Markle episodes of Suits, which means (gasps) as of, I think it was Thursday night last week, so right the day the podcast dropped, I hit 108 episodes. And you remember my journey because I started this when we went on the People magazine. Think about the time commitment. That's an, it's an hour, like almost a full hour, the episodes. I mean, maybe some of them are like in the 40-ish, 50 minute mark, but I did 108 it. hours. That's incredible. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how you have enough time for this and reading Harry Potter, which well, I hear <laughs> really um, excited some of our listeners yeah, out there. Yeah, well, who I'm are doing a chapter of a night of Harry what, Potter. That's my cadence right now. But what I got book it, are I got, you on right now? Uh, the sixth book, The Half-Blood Prince. Is that it? Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. So yes. good. But yeah, no, I just, I loved Suits and I like, I honestly want to rewatch it. Like, that's how sad I am that it's over. And I, I was watching and I didn't realize it was the last episode with Megan. And I was like, let me pause this and see how many more episodes of the season because it's season, I think it's season seven is her last season. And then I was just like, this is it. This is the (gasps) last episode. I need to like sit down, focus because I was I was doing things. I had my AirPods and I was like doing things at the same time. But Wait, Ooh. this is terrible because I don't really understand when did – I need to watch Suits you and I just haven't to. dug in. But when does she leave in relation to when it actually ends? There were like the two more ends. seasons, season oh, eight wow, and season okay. nine. So I, But I don't know – I think I might continue because I'm invested, but I don't know that it'll be the same without Megan. I just loved, loved her character, Rachel Zane. So oh, anyways, well, it's a big moment motivation for, me for me because it's also it, like so the timeline of the it. pandemic. Think about it. Like I started that when we were like, it was last like around last April, 2020. Oh, so wow. It's weird. So that really puts it into perspective how long yeah. we've been yeah. in this pandemic. But oh. how's your, how's your week going? Everything's good on your end. What's going on? Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. I feel like I, I can't wait to catch up. I think it was such a missed opportunity because last week we had recorded and then this 40 for 40 initiative just launched. So we were like chomping at the bit to talk about it. So I'm finally, finally I know I can't wait to get into it. Well, we have so much this week from, as Roberta just mentioned, Megan's 40 for 40 initiative to the new photo of Charlotte and the horrible, horrible Prince Andrew lawsuit update. We will cover it all. Yep. But first, and now it's time for the weekly Royal cocktail. And I've already finished my Royal Refreshment (laughs) 
clink, clink. <laughs> a little because, too much time at the top oh, of the episode. <laughs> yeah, we spent 30 minutes just catching up before we hit record, and we were mostly catching up about which celebrities are actually bald. So Matthew <laughs> McConaughey, just saying, might actually be bald. <laughs> okay, sarah, sarah. <laughs> Yeah, so apologies. I've already drank my glass of champagne. But I also, while we were sipping, wanted to just quickly mention the new crown picks that hit allegedly allegedly Matthew McConaughey's fault sorry I have to add that in um I just quickly wanted to mention the new crown picks that hit the press so we are getting a first look at Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana and William and Harry how exciting was that so exciting. I'm actually going to click the link to look at them again. Yes, do. I, so I did a little bit I of extra digging because I needed a refresher. And because I yeah. kept thinking we were going to get the next season, season five this year. But apparently they've just started filming. Obviously, we know from the photos. But it's sounding like a 2022 premiere. So a little bit of a wait <sighs> Bummer, still to go. I know. I know. They, I think, been a nice Christmas present. And that's also like the pandemic might throw a wrench into how shooting goes and all that stuff. But I did also, I, I think I was trying to figure out based on these photos what they're going to be covering. And mm-hmm. according to Andrew Morton, who gave an interview recently, it's his book and the Panorama interview in season five. That kind of surprised me. So Wow. Yeah, so we're getting like right up to, I feel like her – death almost it's like almost like into the late 90s it seems like yeah wow that's super exciting this picture of elizabeth debicki as diana though i just want to say the mom jeans and the double-breasted blazer it's like such an iconic outfit for me for diana i just love it and then the boys have the striped rugby polos i have to say just like this blurry really really blurry image like the the actors who play the little boys look so much like them. So much. kind of creepy almost. Yeah, it's really creepy. I know. I totally agree. I went and looked up. I had to rewatch a couple clips from Gatsby, um, which I guess came out in 2013 That kind of, with Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. DiCaprio Gatsby? Yeah. That was 2013. Oh. Can you believe Whoa. that? Yeah. No, I cannot <laughs> so believe that. Time is a vortex. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Elizabeth Debicki as um, Daisy's friend. Yes, 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 yes. And I haven't seen her in that much. I don't know what else she's in, but she, yeah, she was in that. Let me look really quick. Widows, which I never saw, and Tenet, which came out last year, and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's coming up, I think. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy for her. Yeah. A lot going on. All right. Also, while we're sipping, I'm going to read an insightful email we got from Claudius over the weekend. I shortened it here for time's sake. But he writes, hello, Roberta and Rachel. I just want you to know that I've listened to a few episodes of your podcast and I really like it. Keep up the good work. He also mentions Diana and Charles's wedding and what a huge royal fantasy that was and all about our episode. Um, And then he continues, as for what William supposedly said to Harry during his short courtship with Meghan, I think Harry was just looking for love and support from his big brother. Harry ran into so much opposition and downright racist coverage from the British media over his relationship with Meghan from day one. And I think on top of all that, William's doubtful words were too much for Harry to handle. Harry has had the shock of his life over the lack of understanding and support from his family and the very institution he was born into, grew up in, and worked for. I think it's why he feels even closer to the spirit of his late mother. He feels she's the only one he can lean on and feels... Diana would have given him and his family the love, support, and understanding he needed had she been alive. And then he says, sincerely, Claudius. It's 
such a good point, I think. It is. I think it's a really good point. I think it's a reminder because we, you know, we've talked a lot about sibling dynamics and like being, for me, like older, it's that whole unconditional love thing. Like I trend sometimes towards the maternal instinct where my sister is so good at just supporting me. And I definitely think that's what Harry was looking for when he said to William that he found love with Megan. So Yeah. And for me as the younger sibling, I feel like I always want approval and I want like someone to be like, good job. Or just like, you know, do you just want that encouragement? And yeah. I think that's what Harry was probably looking for there. And, um, but Rachel, you also got a fun DM. Oh, yes. From I need to read this amazing DM from Ro, Rachel. Ro, Rachel. She wrote Rachel me. So S. she, you know, we also talked about the Jack one Brooks of my Fank. people. Yes. Uh, we, she, t- we talked about the Jack Brooks Fank photos last week, of course. And we were DMing a little bit about it. And she said, I said, that I felt a little bit conflicted about the photos still. And she said, agree, huge had better had been like, quote, go darling Jack, you deserve a break and insert topless girl's name here and insert hugging orange (laughs) bikini girl's name here are so fun. I love them and they are like your sisters. Go have fun (laughs) in the sun. And then the photos happened. I just thought that was... That literally made me stop my tracks, laugh out loud. I was like, what? That's the only thing she could have said to make this okay. Yes. Otherwise, it's not okay. <laughs> he crossed a line. Yes, We exactly. actually, and interestingly, we got a lot of responses uh, on social media. Our Rodley Obsessed Instagram posted like a poll saying, you know, do you think like, you know, he's just doing his job, whatever, or is it like really not a good look, Jack? And I think it was like 80% or something said not a good look. So not a good look. Our audience is uh, on the same page there for oh. that one. All right, well, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. The Queen is at Balmoral for the rest of the summer, officially. It's her first summer holiday there without Philip, which has to feel so strange on so, so many levels. Yeah. Uh, the Queen had a ceremonial welcome and an interaction with Cruahan Fourth, a Shetland pony, who in the past they've had sort of a, a, a not-so-great relationship. A couple years back, <laughs> he went to the bathroom during a, this official ceremony. Oh, no. He also, a year later, ate her flowers. And so when Queen Elizabeth rolled up to this ceremony this year, she said hilariously, here we go again to this Shetland pony. That made me laugh. Um, But we thought it would be a good moment in the history segment of the show to look into the history of Balmoral, which is really interesting. You Um, know I love history the most. I'm so excited for this. you know, in Scotland, your Scottish background. So, uh, all right. Well, so we know that it's a 50,000-acre country estate in Scottish Highlands. Queen Victoria called it my dear paradise in the Highlands. This is so funny to me. Prince Albert actually took over the lease in 1847 after looking for a place in the area for years, but he apparently got lucky getting this lease after the home's previous owner choked to death on a fishing bone. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, I mean, wow, what a way to get a lease, right? Right. Um, (laughs) Jeez Louise. Feels like 2021 where you have to like come up with some crazy way to get a house now because there's no possible way to get one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Welcome to New York. City. Um, but, <laughs> they, they, uh, but I guess after living there for a few years and leasing, they decided that the castle was too small. So they redesigned it and bought, bought it outright in 1852 and began to redesign a new one. Victoria loved spending her time there painting and hiking, but Albert had like Prince Philip. Prince Philip kind of was a lot like Albert, I guess, where he was very into organizing and sort of household management. He built modern stone cottages for the tenants. He opened a free library to Balmoral residents. He planned a state-of-the-art dairy. He also died in 1861 before he got to see that dairy come to life, but it did eventually happen. Victoria passed away in 1901, and her son, King Edward VII, actually didn't like Scotland. 
But then this is where it comes into our, you know, our sort of our our frame of reference. Yeah. Yeah. But his son, King George V, Queen Elizabeth's grandpa, did love it. And her dad, who became George VI in 1936, King George VI, took them all the time. And that, if you click that pic, Roberta, it's just such a sweet, like, family moment. I'm still hung up on the fact that they tore down the original castle because it wasn't big enough. Like, how (laughs) big was it? Was it like, these 20 rooms are not enough for our giant collection of teacups or whatever. <laughs> it's it's so interesting. But so the visits of to Balmoral really became such a highlight for Elizabeth and Margaret. It was where, you know, they're tightly, such a sweet pick of them. It's I so love sweet, that. all of them on the lawn. It's very like yeah. kind of frame worthy. But so visits to Balmoral, you know, they were really a highlight for Elizabeth and Margaret because of how controlled their lives were. And this was a place where, you know, she really got to be herself and just kind of have that freedom. It's where she learned to hunt, where Elizabeth learned to drive. And it's where she entertained Philip when they were, you know, kind of courting. And he proposed Mm -hmm. there in 1946. So it's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, has a lot of significance in their lives. Of all the details, though, this one kind of made me laugh just kind of reading about Belmoral. For decades, the family has followed a summer camp type schedule of shooting picnic dinners and nights playing silly games like kick the can. Do you know how much I love kick the can? What's kick the can? (gasps) Roberta, it is the most fun game and probably the most absurd. We played it this summer in Maine, but basically you put a can out, someone guards it and everyone scatters and hides. And when the person is like, that's it guarding the can, you have to Uh go and actually find the people and to tag them out, you run and chase them. And, uh-huh. or, and then you run back to the can and you say, I see Rachel, one, two, three. And then that person goes in jail. And the only way to free the people that are in jail is to sneak up to the can while the person that's supposed to be guarding it is away and kick that can and everyone's free. What? I've never played this before. I've played is this my like New England thing life. or something? I don't know. It's clearly a Balmoral thing. <laughs> it's clearly an England thing and maybe a New England thing. But I've never felt so close to the royals in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also play Ibble Dibble. I feel like this is like the place that Elizabeth looks forward to going to every year. Like this is her retreat from, you know, the busy work life, the engagement life, the cutting ribbons, all of that. This is, this is like, I feel like this is what she lives for. It is. Well, apparently, according to their nanny and some of the stories I read, everything in their diaries as kids was like, it happened either before Balmoral or after Balmoral. Like this was such a big deal in their childhood. So it's so interesting. Look forward to the most. Yeah. But we do know that like Margaret Thatcher hated it. Apparently so did Diana. She thought it was super gloomy. It's also the place that William and Harry found out that Diana had died. And the queen, you know, people weren't happy with her choice, but she kept William and Harry there for those days after learning that Diana had passed away. But she considered it a place to hibernate. So it was sort of a right – it makes sense that the queen made that choice. Anyways, that was so much information, but I really wanted to go into it. I love history. (laughs) I kind of wish it was all about that. All right. We could (laughs) easily do an episode about Balmoral. Seriously. To get to the news, and first up, we have Megan's birthday and the 40 for 40 initiative. So, Megan's birthday, August 4th, we had Instagram stories from the royal family from all three major palaces, plus the in feed 
Twitter posts. Mm-hmm. What did you think about them not having actual in-feed Instagram posts this year? It's definitely a choice. It's a, it a is a choice. choice it it was a coordinated yeah. choice. I was surprised by it. I think I'm like, birthdays deserve an in-feed post. But I kind of wonder, is that a way to mitigate comments? Like, I'm, I'm so curious why that choice was made. Like, and will we see like. it for Harry's birthday in September? Exactly. Like, that's the interesting thing. It's only interesting if you can contrast and compare in context to others. Lainey Gossip pointed out that it is about comment monitoring, probably, that in Instagram, the grid gives you so much more ability to see comments right away. And there are so many nasty comments still from people. And yeah, trolls. so maybe that's a positive. And Twitter it's... is more like, I think you can hide a lot of stuff more easily on Twitter. I don't use Twitter very much, so I, I really like don't know how it mm-hmm. works so I'm sorry but um but next up and we mentioned this but we had just missed the 40 for 40 so disappointed launch. by the time I know <laughs> but we were freaking out last week but here we're finally able to talk about it. so here's a clip from that I think the bigger idea is yacht party yacht party who's ready for a yacht like when you say no yacht do you mean zero yachts <sighs> no here's the idea because I'm turning 40, I'm asking 40 friends to donate 40 minutes of their time to help mentor a woman who's mobilizing back into the workforce. Over 2 million women in the US alone and tens of millions around the world have lost their jobs due to COVID. And I think if we all do it and all commit 40 minutes to some sort of active service, we can create a ripple effect. You in? Yes, times 40. 40, 40, 40, and then 40 times I say yes. First off, I forgot about Melissa McCarthy like I don't know why it's just like her popping on the how scene was dare just, you like, no I'm just kidding <laughs> I don't know she just had like I forgot how much I loved her I and how her. hard I laughed at her scenes in Bridesmaids like I don't think she's done a bad movie person. like there was a movie I can't remember the name of it where she's like a spy and just so she's she's incredible um I loved the cameo from her dog guy that was very sweet he was also so the, like chill too so just, like chill. hanging out all this big shit is going on completely asleep my dog would not be like that if i was had a film crew in there because you can actually see a reflection of the the camera guys and they're all wearing masks in the in the reflection of her well done well done yeah all masked up there's also that tattoo the suits shout out the friends shout out did you freak out about that i mean of course i'm like is megan a friends fan i think she must be she quoted them clearly i love any sort of love of suits like nods to her past too yeah she also i kind of like that she made fun of herself she said I'm always, or she goes, peaceful under a tree is me every day. Like, just like making fun of those photos. Like, just, I don't know. It's just funny. And then, and her California lifestyle, um, always good to poke fun of yourself. And then Harry juggling the cameo at the end. If you stayed for the blooper reel, that was amazing. And he's not the only royal that can juggle. Yeah, this is perplexing. A quick tangent Prince William can juggle. So they must have learned on some sort of like, gonna say family vacation or birthday party or something. How did they learn? <sighs> Why would they need to know to joke? Like, what? Just a random <laughs> skill? I don't know. It's pretty funny that they both know. There's some photos of William juggling. Or is that a boarding school thing? Like, if, so, if anybody has any clues as to why William and Harry both know how to juggle pretty well. I guess juggling's not that hard. Like, I guess you could kind of, I don't know. Well, I do feel like at one point in my youth, I did, I wanted to learn how to juggle, but I gave up after like 30 seconds. I was like, this doesn't, this is too hard. So it's a never. talent. It's a talent. Harry was quite good. So there were a lot of celebrities who shared this too. Katie Couric, Sierra, Gabrielle Union, Sarah Paulson, Adele, Amanda Gorman, Stella McCartney, Hillary Clinton, Princess Eugenie, which is huge getting that was support so from awesome. a royal family member. I think that's massive. Also, just a genius way to spread the message without having your own social media accounts. Like, this really dispersed 
it to audiences far and wide, which I think was so, so smart on her team's part. Yeah, I had a lot of friends sharing it too, which I thought was really awesome. Like just showing the reach that it's like, you know, just so many people felt immediately interested in being involved. And so many cross sections too, like I don't want to dwell too long on this, but it was like athletes and entrepreneurs and politicians. It's just like, you had to be following someone who shared it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like fashion. I just felt like that was such a a smart way to get the word out without having her own Instagram or her own Twitter. Um, So Megan was wearing the Logan Hollowell Constellation necklaces. That was a big thing that everyone pointed out where it was the constellations for Archie and Lily, Gemini and and Taurus, and a co-collection cardigan and tank, which is co, I guess, is an L.A.-based women's wear brand founded by a husband and wife duo. Then the home goods. I feel like we got such a good look into their Montecito mansion. I feel like that's honestly so much fun. And also for me, even seeing Melissa McCarthy's backdrop, I enjoyed that too. Yeah, like where do we get the There's like a little Barbara Streisand yeah. breakdown of all of that because it was I want her so, little so many knickknacks behind her too. And she had such good family portraits. She has a really cool long like photo on the wall with all these different black and white photos of what I assume is family. So that was really Cool. But yeah, she Megan had a telescope, which I'm wondering if they use that with Archie. She also had that really chic striped dog bed, a cool water bowl, like everything they had, everything they owned just felt so bloggery and so oh, so beautiful. Influencer. Yeah, yeah. There's a teacup by Burley pottery. A ton of copies of The Bench, which, like, made me laugh because I feel like that's what happens when you're an author and you get 200 copies of your own book and you're like, what do I do with these? <laughs> Just keep them um, on my desk. Yeah. And then it, this, to me, felt very L.A. lifestyle. The healing crystal on her desk mm-hmm. the giant quartz. The Hermes blanket. The – oh, what did you think about the side-by-side desk? It's like, that's not okay. Um, I just thought that was so funny. I – think you feel the same way. I can't imagine working side by side with my spouse. I could never. I could never. And I know. We're doing that a little bit more. Dave tries to listen to every episode and I don't mind telling. Like there's no (laughs) chance that we could do that with the Zoom meetings all day. I don't understand. Does Dave have any weird office work from home quirks? Like Matt is such a loud talker. I had no idea. Um, Yeah, Dave is he's pretty normal volume, but he I have to be careful because I know he listens to every episode. (laughs) No, um, I Know that he likes to play music, which I do not. I'm not very good at working with music. Oh, Matt on. likes playing music too. I can't. I can't work with music. It really like throws off my concentration. I'm. I feel like that's a writing thing, though. It's really I think it hard is too. I've been so used to writing with silence that it's just. I, I need can't to hear the it. words in my head as I put them on the page. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So kudos to Megan and Harry for working side by side. That's a talent. Or is it like the mark of sociopath? No. I'm just <laughs> think it's like who would choose to do that you have 14 rooms in your house like maybe pick it's a just for room. show i don't know harry zooms from that side of the room though all the time like there's there's screenshots right. of him on that side of the room which is weird too it's like definitely his desk and his chair and i was thinking the airmay blanket is like h like i thought that too that's what i was it. just yeah. gonna say i was like i was like that's his chair I mean, but he also goes into that room that has the couch with those bird nest photos behind. So maybe that's like his actual office. <laughs> Not that we're really clearly obsessively watching. We like really I'm, know. We know I'm the judging layout. that they try to work side by side. That feels yeah. weird to me. Like, it's impossible. We working from home is. at the same time is enough. Like, I don't know.
anyways, we got a glimpse of Lily and Archie, and it's very blurry and very far away. So it's hardly anything, but I did like that you could tell that Archie was wearing little skinny jeans and white vans or white sneakers or Converse or whatever. And also that there's possibly, it's hard to tell, but a picture of baby Lily in someone's arms. And it looks like, I think, Harry kissing her on the head. And so I loved all the headlines being like, first pick of baby Lily. And I was like, I I think I sent it to you. I was like, what? And I stopped everything. And I think we were in a meeting at the time. And I was like trying to pull, find this clip on the video. And it was like, no, this is not, that headline is bogus. (laughs) Yeah, it's bogus. There were a lot of criticisms about this though. So the Daily Mail quoted a source that said the initiative could do more harm than good, which is interesting because I'm thinking that's not possible. Um, A lot of social media criticisms, though, just in general, putting forth the notion that women aren't just waiting around to be mentored, that they left the workforce because of forces beyond their control. So childcare, a sick family member. There's so many reasons and so many nuances that go into leaving the workforce during the pandemic. And so I think, you know, while that is That is valid criticism. I do think that this also was a call to action to just do anything of service. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to to be mentoring. And actually, um, the quote is, if you are able, please join us and pledge 40 minutes in service of others in a way that feels right to you. The time that you donate can contribute to a global wave of service and set in motion meaningful impact. So it feels like it's more than just mentoring, but that was kind of what Megan's take was. I I totally agree. I think that you can't solve every problem. This is a start. I just love how tangible it is. Like 40 minutes is such a concrete starting point. And I sometimes think maybe it's a product of like women's lifestyle writing and things like that, but you, you need a place to start. You need like something like that feels like an entry point and who knows what would transpire beyond those 40 minutes. I just think to, to get on people about mentoring, not being the right fit is bizarre. It is bizarre. It's like finding any fault you can possibly find in Mm -hmm. something. Um, but Rachel and I really wanted to do something through this podcast that felt kind of in line with Megan's call to action and this 40 for 40 initiative when we were brainstorming. And we felt like one of the ways we could do that is to ask anyone listening, any of our listeners that wanted to reach out to email us at info at gallerypodcast.com if you are currently looking for a job or having trouble entering the workforce, issues that you've had during the pandemic, anything we want to hear from our listeners, how the pandemic has affected you. This can be broad. We just want to hear from you guys. You know, possibly we'll see what we get, but we would love to kind of revisit this next week. What we're really hoping is to give our audience a chance to connect more than just social media and apply what Megan has said to our community. Rachel, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like her words, I'm taking it so to heart. And I I think that it's not something for people that feel like they don't know where to start with this sort of, you know, call to action. It doesn't have to happen overnight, but it is a really good thing to keep in the back of your mind. And I kept thinking about what Megan, I think it was from the TIG that she said, birthdays are your own personal new year and it's a chance to make resolutions for yourself. So for me, I feel like I'm at this point, like re-entering life in New York. I'm like, I want to borrow Megan's call to action as a resolution for myself to recommit to service, which is something I felt like I did so much before the pandemic. So please write us in. Like, I think that Roberta and I are really passionate about this. We love the the idea behind the 40 for 40. Again, the email address is info at gallerypodcast.com. If you're struggling to find work, have been displaced during the pandemic, anything, we'd just love to hear from you guys and hopefully get some Yeah, we'll take it from there for sure. I did want to just quickly go back to the juggling for a minute. Did you see the interview that dropped today with Melissa McCarthy? And apparently um, Harry said 
he, I guess he, she was on, she talked about this experience working with Megan on this video. And she said, Harry asked, is it going to be weird if I stand outside and juggle? And he was like, she replied, weird in the way that will make me watch it 5 million times. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like that's what we all did. Anyway. It's actually, just, yeah, it's so spot on. I missed it the first time. I totally missed it when I, I had to go back and rewatch it. So. I loved it. I'm so glad they decided to do a blooper reel because every video should have a blooper reel. Every video needs a blooper reveal, especially royal videos. Imagine if Kate and Williams started doing that. They need to. They need to. All right, speaking of the Cambridges, we have a new photo of Princess Charlotte. It's always such a delight to get that. I feel like the color palette of this pic just made me really happy because I, I maybe it's because it reminds me of like the end of summer hydrangeas that are popping up all over the city. Yeah, Like the blues, the purples, the pinky peach shorts that she was wearing. I just like... That's my dream mood board, maybe, of colors. Also, such a surprise to get a new picture of I one know, of the kids. I know, so soon after the birthday. the blue. I feel like this was like such a, like a gift from Do, the We don't know that Kate was the photographer here. We could maybe assume it, but there wasn't a photo credit. Yeah, I would assume. I think it's like safe to assume, but that's true. I feel like they've been on vacation in the Isles of Scilly, so they've all been together. And so it was like almost like shocking to hear from them at all if Kate did take the photo it's a really tough shot to get like I'm thinking of like you know I know Charlotte's sick so more likely to pose still for her mom or whoever the photographer was but like a butterfly had to land in her hand and then take that photo it just seemed pretty pretty hard but the initiative was for the save butterflies campaign Charlotte is actually holding a peacock and red admiral butterfly in the image it's part of the big butterfly count in the UK and I looked into this a little bit more it's a citizen science survey that runs for three weeks and you count what you see and then submit the info and they hope that the totals of butterflies that are spotted are higher than the previous year. I thought that was really cool. That is cool. It also is like such a um, continuation of like the David Attenborough stuff where the kids just, I feel like, have such a connection with nature. I do not like bugs, even butterflies. I have like entophobia. I think that's what it's oh, called. Oh, okay, entophobia. okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is a fear of insects. Like I could never do this. And I, I feel like as a little girl even to be so comfortable yeah like so serious too about holding this butterfly like this is I feel like if we could pinpoint the start of Charlotte's royal you know engagement career this might be it because who knows maybe she'll take up the environmental causes her parents have championed I just think that that's she's well on her way to that well absolutely and I was gonna say that we actually went to the American Museum of Natural History this past weekend in New York to take (gasps) uh, spin and see the dinosaurs and seeing this photo and then I saw this quote that is on one of the walls it stopped me in my tracks at the museum um, and it said, treat the earth well. It was not given to you by your parents. It was loaned to you for your children. And it's a Kenyan wow. proverb. And at the time I was like, I want to process that. I took a picture of it. I was like, I just like, it's so meaningful, those words. But mm-hmm. I think just then thinking about, you know, seeing Charlotte, seeing any kids engage with the outdoors, it's such a meaningful thing for all of us. And on the heels of the climate change report this week. It's oh just, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I was so- just going to say like how stressful and like how much work we need to be doing. And yeah. Totally. But 
more Kate news, we got word that she is participating in a new exhibit at the Imperial War Museum in London. Um, this will be 50 contemporary portraits of Holocaust survivors and their families, including the photos that Kate took, if you guys remember, back in January 2020. It was two Holocaust survivors with their grandchildren. Their names were Yvonne Bernstein and Stephen Frank. And so Kate's images will be included in this exhibit, and she shared a new photo on the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge Instagram account, just sort of mentioning her participation. So I thought that was, you know, really cool that that continues on and that more people can go and see those images in person. Yeah, that is really cool. And they are also back. It seems the Cambridges are back from vacation. They were, as you mentioned, on the Isles of Scilly. But last year we had a little, like, we had some sightings. This year we didn't have any sightings. So people aren't quite sure where they were staying, that kind of a thing. I feel like everyone's kind of laying low right now. Yeah, lots of summer vacations. I was just going to say, I feel like half our office is out. And then gearing up for like a huge fall where they're possibly if, you know, the Delta variant quiets down, there could be possible red carpets. I feel like we were getting so excited for that. Well, we're supposed to have that big earth shot. Yeah, and there was another one, too. There's also the James Bond movie. Who knows? Who knows? These are all so tentative. And then maybe the Emmys. I don't know. I think if vaccines pick up. We'll see. Yeah. PSA, get vaccines. Okay. Before we adjourn the royal pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is going to take a little bit because it's the Prince Andrew lawsuit. And the low is actually that he just hasn't cooperated willingly in this Epstein investigation until now. And now he'll probably be forced to, possibly be forced to. Also, doesn't it feel so strange, the treatment of this Prince Andrew lawsuit news versus Meghan and Harry anything news in the British press? I just feel like... You know, one example is the Sky News tweet that's getting a lot of attention, which basically the tweet is Prince Andrew has always categorically denied any sexual contact with Virginia Giuffre, but she has said it was past time for him to be held to account. Like it just sets it up in such a terrible way for to cast doubt on her allegations, I think, by setting it up as he's always denied it and then going into it. They also turned comments off on the tweet which I feel like the British press never does for anything else. So it's just like feels like this, you know, secret contract that we always hear about. And also if anyone should have their HRH title stripped at this point, it should be Prince Andrew. Absolutely. Like about that. It's really frustrating. You go to like any of the homepages on the Royals accounts in the UK and it's just like all about the Sussexes. It's like, this should be the dominating story, but it's not. Exactly. Well, Andrew is, pretty much screwed either way because he doesn't have (laughs) doesn't have diplomatic immunity like his mom the queen so whether he chooses to fight it which would be a PR nightmare or gives evidence he's screwed the other choice is that he ignores it and is I guess it's called absentia. I don't know anything about the legal terms, but the U.S. could demand extradition, although the the chances of that are pretty low because it's not a criminal case, it's a civil case. But the judge could order an arrest warrant. And because some of the crimes that Virginia Roberts Jufri's lawsuit entails happened in London, um, it gets a little more, there's more gray area for that. So it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. Yeah. The low is just a, I can't believe that it has, he hasn't even cooperated like he said he would. I know. I mean, I, I it's really just, I'm so curious what's going to play out in the fall as the trial gets underway. Ugh. Same. 
my low is just kind of a, on a totally different note. I mean, that is a big, I would say I'm gonna tag team your low there, <laughs> but I threw in one more just in case. Uh, the there was a Telegraph story that was, uh, the headline was, is the Sussex's love affair with the Obamas over? And it just, I was like, wait, what? And I, I clicked regrettably and it just made me laugh because, you know, the story was basically the Sussexes didn't attend Barack Obama's 60th birthday soiree on Martha's Vineyard, which he held for 500 of, of his closest pals. Clooney, Spielberg, Beyonce, Tom Hanks were all there. And so the relationship is over. But like it kind of just, you know, Harry and Meghan are on maternity and paternity leave. There's also a pandemic. Also, other people were invited and didn't go. So why is this a headline? It just felt so silly. It was it's just such like, a reach. It's also like it's making something out of nothing. Like it just, I don't know. It's ridiculous yeah. yeah it's kind of funny my high this week though you know i was gonna pick this is james middleton's new house that he officially officially has moved into i think it was rumored back in march they were looking but and maybe had bought but that whole process obviously takes a long time but the caption he posted a lovely carousel of photos and the caption is i think buying a house is up there with one of the most stressful experiences in my life it's been a hectic few months moving into our new home and we couldn't be happier we're settling into our life in the country and the dogs love their new home and that fireplace i mean it's the house looks gorgeous there's a picture of his fiance Elise and they are sipping wine and cheese. There's also like a bowl of queso maybe next to it. Whatever the case, so happy for them. I'm wondering if they're near the Middletons because they've been living, they were quarantining with his parents for a long time. But and also wondering if they're married because they were engaged, they've been engaged since September 2019. Wow. So yeah. It's coming up on two years. Maybe you they gotta, secretly got married in Italy maybe. when they were there. Buying a house is a big step though. That's really exciting. Big step. Thought Congrats. of you immediately, of course. Yes. I just wish it was buying it with me. <laughs> but, of course. Of course. My high is just all the birthday love for Princess Beatrice, who turned 33 over the weekend. I loved Eugenie's video yes. tribute to her big sis, you know, this from the song choice, which was from The Greatest Showman. This is me. Do you, did you recognize that? I was wondering because I knew that I knew the song, but I wasn't sure what it was. But I feel like this is also like social media savvy. Like Eugenie should get on TikTok or something. Yeah, but it was just like so genuine in the caption. You know, it was cheesy. It was like, I loved every minute watching you be brave and true and you. And there was a heart emoji and now a mummy to be. And then Edo commented with all these hearts. I just... I love it. And then there was Edo's post in honor of Beatrice saying, you know, it, it, I love you with all my heart. It was just so gushing. And I I think they it's They are just, so gushing. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that it's not really this curated, like the photos yeah. are beautiful. The video is super polished and all that stuff. But I love how genuine the emotion is. And I think I would love to see more of that. So such a high. I cannot wait till she has her baby because I feel like we, we've be been soon. hearing yeah. the fall. So it's got to be soon. And I mean, now they're starting how close we are to the fall. Well, now they're starting the name guessing, which means it's got to be close. But yeah. everyone's saying an Italian name because of his side. So I'll be <gasps> so interested to see. I just feel like, though, Beatrice and Eugenie are both pretty traditional. And we know from the wedding. I'm not on a tangent now. But and we know from the wedding that Beatrice wore her grandmother's dress. So I think maybe it could be like a tribute to a royal family member like Elizabeth or Victoria or someone, you know. So, yeah. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> So Do you funny. have any guesses? No. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even thought about it, but I need to clearly brainstorm. <laughs> All right. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Please, please drop us an email. 
we would love to hear from you guys for that 40 for 40 initiative or just hear from you in general. The yeah. Inf- the email. Yeah. The email again is info at gallery podcasts. That's podcasts, plural dot com. Follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito and I'm at RKB NYC. Until next week. God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.